Hello my friends and welcome back to enjoyenglishblog.com. Today I'm going to have a little conversation with my old English teacher and a good friend, Andrew. We will discuss important learning English points which will help you to learn English more effectively. So here we go. Hi Andrew. Hi Renat, how are you today? I'm good my friend, good to see you. It's good to see you too. So you are a Native American currently living in Ecuador, right? Yes, that is correct. I'm from the United States and I live in Ecuador, South America. Nice, nice. So how long have you been teaching English now? I have been teaching English for approximately 14 years. 14 years, yeah, it's pretty long time. So how many students do you have from Russia? It's pre pretty interesting for us, for Russian people, you know. Uh, active students, I have approximately three or four active students, but I have had probably a total in Verbling 10 or 12 different students from Russia. Mm -hmm. What country are the most of your students from? The majority of my students are from, uh, in this order, Spain, Brazil, and Chinese, Chinese. but Chinese includes mm -hmm. Hong Kong, Taiwan, and mainland China or people that are native speakers of Chinese that live in the United States. But in, in that order, those are the three most uh, popular places, I suppose. I see. So, what do you think is uh, the best moment, the best time to start learning English with a native speaker, from your point of view? Well, just like with any anything with your own language, the best time is the day you were born. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's the the sooner the better is the expression in English. The sooner you can start with a native speaker, the better it is. It's more likely that you will be able to speak um, native English if you start very early. Mm -hmm. uh, is the level of English important for you when you? Uh, when you teach people, have you have you ever had students with zero in who was zero zero in English, just just a beginner? Yes, I have, and you can teach. It's more difficult uh, for the teacher and maybe for the student if you don't know the uh, original language of the student. But in reality, it's better because it forces the student to use the new language, and um, so. It's more difficult in the beginning, maybe, but it's better for the student. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see. How do you deal with uh, not self-motivated students? So, do you push them studying or just refuse in teaching them or what? That's a very good question. <laughs> Gen generally, in my classes on the Internet, most of the students are self-motivated because they are paying for the class. And so they don't want to lose their money. So, But even so, there are some students that prepare for classes more than others. So I try to explain to them the benefits of preparation, the benefits of, uh, of um, practicing English in addition to the class to try and motivate them. And I tell them experiences sometimes. But really it depends on the student. If they are motivated, they will learn very fast. And so... Um, sometimes I appeal to the the cost of the classes. I tell them that it will be less expensive if they prepare. 
<laughs> I see. So, how many adult students do you have? So, what is the major age of your students? I mean, maybe it's children, adults, or or what? What age? The the vast majority of my students at the moment are adults, and most of the adults range in age from twenty two mm -hmm. or twenty three all the way to. Uh, 65 or 70 years old. Oh. I would say most of them are in the 40 to 50 year range and they tend to be professionals that need English for their job. There's a few that want it for personal, like for traveling purposes or they want to live in the United States or go to school. So there's a lot of students that do that, but the majority are for business reasons. They need it for their job. Mm -hmm. I see. Speaking of starting learning English again, so what do you think is the best way to start doing that? The most important thing is practice. So there, there's two things that, um, in my opinion, are essential. One is talking, and the other one related to talking is reading, but reading with your voice, reading out loud because you cannot, there's no replacement for practice. If you really want to speak well, you have to practice mm -hmm. speaking. Mm -hmm. I see. So, uh, I remember myself in school, I didn't pay attention to English at all. And actually, this is a pretty common thing for schoolers, because children just don't want study anything. So, in common, yeah, I, I, I'm saying in common, of course, not everyone. Do you believe that uh, children succeed in learning more than adult people so absolutely they do uh-huh i read a, a a report they did a scientific study about uh, a language acquisition or language learning and they discovered that children have a better capacity for in for not for english for new languages because their brains are a lot more flexible before the age of 10. so if children can be begin very very early they can learn as many as five or six languages at the same time and speak all of them like a native without an accent so the, the sooner the better it, it's very very true and when they discovered that uh, when you are more than 20 years old it gets progressively more difficult to acquire a new language especially if you have if you only speak one language Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, it's much more simple to learn a new foreign language if you know at least mm -hmm. one already. For example, if you yeah, know English, it's, it's going to be yeah much easier for you to learn German, for example, etc. Uh -huh. I see. So, uh, speaking of learning grammar, do you think is it possible to start speaking English without learning grammar at all? Yeah, absolutely. It is possible. There is a... Uh an English language school in Europe that their philosophy is to not teach grammar to only teach spoken English and to practice and it has its place I agree with it to a degree but I think that you have to teach grammar so people can understand how to use the language for a young child you don't necessarily need to teach grammar but for an adult for them to understand how to speak I think uh, maybe not only grammar, but uh, partially teaching grammar is essential to 
to understand what you're trying to do in the new language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting point. Thank you. Thank you. Very interesting thing is uh, uh, being in the country definitely helps. Yeah, when you are in an environment of absolutely among yeah. the native speakers. Yeah, this is one more thing I think. I think about learning grammar. So if you learn English in Russia, for example, it's better for you to to learn at least the basis of grammar to understand the uh, the structure of the language. Yes. Yeah. So, of course, if you are in English speaking country, you can just keep practicing speaking. Yes, and you will succeed in learning. At least you will start speaking this language. That's true, but even so, it's helpful to learn grammar because if you know the basic structures of grammar, then if you are confronted with a new word, you know how to use the new word because you understand the grammatical structure. So that's why grammar is important because if you know the grammar, the grammar stays the same, and even when you are confronted with new words, new expressions, you will know how to use them grammatically correctly and that's why grammar is important mm-hmm. that's true really so in percentage what how how much do you think depends on a teacher and on a student in classes i mean the success of learning how much depends on the teacher and how much depends on the student I think probably it's 60%, 40%. 60% is the responsibility of the student and 40% the teacher. The teacher is important, but the most important thing is that the student practices and studies and prepares for the class and does his part. If you only take class and you don't do anything in addition to the class, it will be difficult to improve your level of English. It's possible, but it will be slow. So that's why the student himself really needs to to make the effort to practice, practice, practice to to progress. Yeah, that's so true, my friend. Yeah. So usually, advanced students are less successful in, lear- in learning than beginners. Why do you think it is so? I don't know if that's true. I think the perception is that it is true. It's because when you are beginning and you don't know anything, you learn, hi, how are you? What is your name? I am from Russia. And it's easy to see the progress because you go from uh, three or four words in your vocabulary to a hundred words in your vocabulary in a few days. And when you are at an advanced level of English, Uh, there is less to learn that is new, but what you are learning is very advanced English. And so the idea, I think, is it's more difficult to see the progress and to feel the progress because you are speaking at a more advanced level. So I think there's still progress. I just think it's more difficult to discern the progress because the person is already speaking at a, at a good level of English. So I think it's a misconception sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Andrew, what do you think about studying by textbooks? You know, uh, it's a well-known fact that studying by textbooks can be boring sometimes. Yeah, yeah? Boring sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so do you use textbooks uh, in your classes? Yes, I so do. I use textbooks 
if I have a student that specifically needs um, to take uh, the the IELTS or TOEFL test or something like that, and they are preparing, and they are willing to study, and they want to study three or four, take three or four classes a week, I will use a textbook because it it's a very organized way to progressively teach them English, and. I usually only do it with students that are willing to study too. Students that prepare and participate actively in the class and I don't have to push them, I will use a book. But if they don't like to study, normally I will not suggest a book because a book requires study. And, but their progress will be a lot faster and a little bit more. Uh, the books are designed to help you to to do well in the test. So the books are are specifically for the test and so that's the best way to teach for the test. So yes, I do use the book and usually for intermediate to advanced students usually. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you have some good textbook in mind right now, so can could you just tell us about it? So One of the best book books that you can find is a, is a book by Cambridge University. The, the Cambridge uh, testing preparation is one of the best, um, especially for the IELTS and for the TOEFL test. So those those I would recommend. And in, in fact, I have those. I have the uh, one of the Cambridge books or two of them um, in digital format because they are they are recognized leaders in language instruction. So together with the book with the teacher is a fantastic way to prepare for for an English test. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think is it a big deal when people speak with a, with a strong accent? As a native speaker, do you like hearing foreigners accent? Are bad accent and bad pronunciation the same? No, they're two different things. You can be a native speaker of English and have bad pronunciation. <laughs> so it's a it's a different subject. And and really for me accent is not really a problem unless it's a very very strong accent the, because everybody has an accent people from England have one accent people from the United States in the New York City area there are four completely different accents so it's not a question if you have the accent what is the what is the most important thing is to be understandable if you are understandable then that's the key to communication. If people cannot understand you, then the accent can be a problem. But if you are understandable, I don't worry about the accents with my students if they are understandable. Because if I am teaching them English, I am teaching them my accent. So anyway, they will have an accent. So the idea is to be understandable. That's the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember in our classes back in the days, you told me about this movie, Rocky Balboa, and Sylvester <laughs> Stallone about his bad English. Uh -huh. Yeah, so. <laughs> Joe Adrian. <laughs> That's a typical Rocky Balboa. Uh -huh. yeah. and, and he has a very definite New York style accent. It's actually from Philadelphia, but it's very close to New York. And that's a very strong accent, but it's 100% English. So. <laughs> yeah, your English is 
is very understandable, you know, despite you're an American. I make a special effort to speak slower for my students too, because I can speak very fast if I want to. <laughs> But I, I, I make a special effort to speak slower because it's important for the students to understand their teacher. If they don't understand, it's impossible to learn. Of course, of course. So, Andrew, uh, in the end of our awesome talking, so I would like to, I would like you to tell us a, a little bit about uh, this project, Verbling.com. Okay. Verbling is an interesting platform for learning English because they don't have a specific program for teaching. They allow the teachers the freedom to teach in their style and in their way so that the students can benefit from their particular abilities and, and skills. So most other online English uh, uh, places where you learn English have a specific program, a specific calculus that they use. And in Verbling, no, they let the teachers decide what to teach. And that's good for the student because now you have individual attention. And really one-on-one -on -one classes are the best because the teacher can focus on what your particular necessities are. Um, in, in Verbling, um, I do only one-on-one -on -one classes. And the classes with, this, with the teachers in Verbling depend on the price of the teacher. They're, they vary a little bit. My prices are $16 if you buy a package of five to ten hours at a time or twenty dollars an hour for just one session of one hour they do also have um, the possibility of a demonstration class your first class with a teacher can be a 30-minute class and that's always six dollars so you can try different teachers until you find one you like and it's just six dollars for each one to meet the teacher I am always looking to add more students to my um, to my classes because um, most students tend to take classes for one or two months or three or four months and they reach their objective and then they they continue. For example, if they're preparing for a TOEFL test or they need to take a test for their job and they do well in the test and then they, they move on and they keep. So I always have openings for new students. But Verbling has uh, more than 100 teachers that teach English, so there's always possibilities to find other students or other teachers too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have a big difference, a time difference, yes, with Ecuador. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. eight hours yes, difference. True. Yeah. So what is yeah what is the best time for you uh, to have lessons? The best time for me would be uh, in the afternoon or evening for people in Russia. With the eight-hour difference, um, uh -huh. usually most... Your morning. My morning or my early afternoon. Like if the students uh -huh. want to take classes at 10, 11, or 12 o'clock at night, that's ideal for me because that's early afternoon. In the morning for people in Russia is difficult because your morning is when I'm usually going to bed. Yeah. So yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, this this could be a problem this time difference. But there are That's other good. there are other teachers in Verbling. Some of them are in England and in other parts of Europe. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. if if the only time to study, there are teachers that are available in what would be the morning for a Russian student. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So, thank you, my friend, very much for this awesome talking. This was amazing and pretty interesting for our listeners. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so too. My friends, if you want to have a trial lesson with Andrew, so you can uh, read below how you can do it. So, thank you very much, Andrew, once again, and have a nice day. All right, it was nice chatting with you, Renat. Have a great day. Thank you, thank you, my friend.